The fast lane. The fast lane continued this morning as we've got a bumper day, a dual group one day of racing here, and we're starting it off on the mail run here with tab.co.nz. Of course, the TAB is we're running our punters club, Mick. I've just had word from Nick Conway down there at the tab that we've got seventy-five thousand dollars and eighteen hundred people involved, which means we might have to have a bet on Nestig, mate. So, um, are you thinking sort of three, four bets a day type thing? Yeah, that's about right. So we've had cool. um, a multi already with uh, the Good Oil top four, which we got a good price at, and uh, Not Guilty top four. We'll we just say that, you know, maybe the money that's come for that, that short things just open an opportunity for one top four in the Pegasus and then Crochetti to win. So that's the first uh, bet we've had at Rickerton today. And then we'll probably do one more multi, so maybe an any two, any three. Don't know. We'll talk to the boys, Greg and Clay. I want to get down there. And then I really like what you're thinking around Nest Egg. And I'm just playing around with a couple of each way values at the moment. So that's what we're thinking. We can carry on this conversation with Danny Walker who's on the line because, yes, Crochetti is involved. He's the anchor of our first bet we've had. And Danny, it must have been, well, as I say, good morning to you, mate. It must have been quite a, a ride over the last six months or so. And, and now you're here. You're on the morning of the, the 2000 Guineas. Does it start to feel like a plan's coming to fruition? Yeah, it does. It's what we aim for, eh? And so no, it's final day for him at the moment anyway. Hey, Danny, good morning to you, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping you win, as I know you are. Have you lined up many horses at Rickerton? Because I can't remember you taking many down there. Um, not. I've had one or two over the years, not many. Um, used to when we trained at Taranaki, because I was a lot closer, of course. But um, the last, ooh, I think the last time I was down here, I might have bought a filly down for at Easter time for the Phillies race. I can't really remember. Talk to us about Crocetti because he looks, from the outside, push button, lovely big long striding horse. He seems to hold his condition. He seems to want to get out of the gates and be a racehorse. There doesn't seem to be any tricks to him. Is it quite that easy? He's pretty simple, Mick. He's um, pretty professional about what he does. Um, he, he, he's not a mad over racing horse at all. He just yeah, just push button. He really is. All right, let's talk about your and Aaron Tata, your trading partner's situation in this. I mean, I know you've had some good horses before, and I know you've sold lots of good horses, so you understand the pressure of making money out of horses. But this must be a different thing because the 2000 Guineas is a very storied race, and you've got a guy in Daniel Narclay who, who's just a genuinely bloody good fella. What's mm. it like when now you're here and it's the morning of a 2000 Guineas? Does it matter to you that the race is worth 600 grand, or do you have a process based around your race day and therefore you stick to your process and, as the All Blacks say, the result will be what the result is? Yeah, we do. We just, we've just done everything we normally do. Um, because we're away from home, so it's a little bit different, I suppose. But we've just done this morning, like we've done the last three mornings here at Rickerton. He went out and did some work this morning. Come home, popped in the paddock for an hour. He's in the box now. Um, yeah, it's just straightforward for him. And it's, we just go about the same sort of thing. It's it's pretty cool when you've got a jockey of the calibre of Warren Kennedy as well, isn't it, Danny? Uh, does that take, not pressure off, but does it give you another level of security and just knowing that something erratic isn't going to happen? And also you've got another really, really good form judge there to kind of bounce how the race will play off. And you know you've got a genuine professional at your disposal. Does that help? Of course it does. Like, like you know, a lot, we're sitting on the ground for jockeys. So if you've got a good jockey... It helps a lot. Um, 
And I'm not bagging jockeys at all, but if you have a jockey that's not quite so good, well, it, sometimes, you know, it's, it's, you just you don't want to have to be thinking for them. You'd like them to think for themselves, and, and Warren can do that. Yeah. No, I totally get your sentiment. It's not about having a crack at jockeys, but at the moment, no. if you have if you have one of our top two or three or four jockeys in a race, you've got an advantage there. You'd like As to think it's an advantage, yep. Yeah, and and that's yeah, and, and I think with Warren Kennedy at the moment, speaking from a punting perspective, Mick, there's nothing I'd rather do than back Warren Kennedy. Well, I, I, there's two different ways of looking at it. As a punter, you don't want them to stuff things up and run into the back of horses. As a trainer, you want feedback. And for a guy, Danny, like you and Aaron, I presume that's the key factor. When they come off the track, whether it's track work or after a race, you want feedback for the things you can't feel because you're not out there. Is that the important part for you? Yeah, it is. I mean, Aaron rides them um, most of his work anyway. So um, he knows them better than anyone. And if Aaron, I don't think anyone else has ridden them, but Aaron and Tristan. And then um, Kavish Chowdhury rode him down here the other morning and he just hopped off and said, Lovely, quiet horse. Look, he's been around there every day of his life. Mate, funny thing, I, I haven't, bizarrely, I, I don't know how this has happened in my life, but I have never seen Crocetti. He's raced at places I haven't been, and and he you looks... You've been throughout more, Mick. <laughs> well, I would love to be down there today, <laughs> Danny. Look, I do go out quite a lot, but the places I go to, Crocetti doesn't tend to be there, because he's probably in bed no, by the time be. I go out. <laughs> he wouldn't um, be. Um, just looking at him, he looks a lovely big lump of a horse, but not a not not a round horse yet. He doesn't seem to be like a, no. a beast yet. What does he? I don't sure if you weigh your horses, but what does he weigh? And does he still have that? To my eye, anyway, it looks like there's still twenty or thirty kilos of muscle to come. Yeah, he's he's four ninety kilos. He averages about that all the way through. Um, he's not big and robust, but he's nice bone, nice muscle horse. And he's not the best, but I think he may fill out with a bit more time, you know? Like, just a little bit thicker, but he's an athlete, and like, as I was saying to Daniel yesterday, you don't see many athletes at the Olympic Games back, do you? No, you do not. Especially you're doing not the weightlifting. You're doing the weightlifting. Well, yes, yeah. yeah, but we're talking we're talking G1 sprinters. We're talking Usain Bolt, although maybe more of a kind of a 400-meter. Yeah, Usain Bolt to... wasn't very big and bulky. <laughs> yeah, he, that's exactly right. Ben, hey, ben uh, Johnson was. <laughs> Denny, good luck for the day. Uh, we'll see you down at yep. Reckon a little bit later, and we'll, we'll get an eye on this horse, and we'll f- feed Mick uh, all the feedback of what he actually looks like in person. Danny Walker there, of course, with Aaron Tarter and... and uh, Daniel Narclay, one of the genuine good guys in the industry. We're going to keep bouncing along here to another great guy in the industry. We know all the work he did for the uh, flood relief and, um, well, many occasions. He's proven that he's a pretty good form judge as well, and that's Roger James. Morning, Roger. How are you? What an introduction. Good morning, Louis. Good morning, Matt. You, be- you better not stuff this up, Roger. It made you sound like a hell of a decent bloke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you be that's a decent bloke time. for the punters today? Can you be a decent bloke and, and get prowess home and for the national flag and for all the parochial Kiwis because you know my views on it, Roger. I love her. Not as much as you do, but I do love her. I'd love to see her win the champion stakes today. Yeah, look, uh, it won't be for want of trying. Um, uh, she goes into the race in, in wonderful order. Uh, my reservation would be is she's six to 12 months away from this. Um, uh Early in the piece when the VRC visited our stable in August, um, a, a comment was made that um, 
you know, it's at the end of the carnival and it could this just be an easier um, kill. Well, uh, I don't think that's the case at all. You know, you, every time I look at the form, um, there's another strong form line comes up. Um, you know, West Wind Blows has mixed it with a Breeders' Cup winner um, from last week in the States. Um, Zaki's won the last two um, runnings of the race and um, was only a length and a quarter away in the Cox Plate. Um, Giraffe was unlucky in a Cox Plate, beating about a length and a quarter. Um, and as uh, a winner over the track and distance at Group 1 level in the Australian Cup last um, autumn, um, so, you know, there's strong form lines everywhere. Tishu um, rushed home and was just beaten in a group one earlier in the week at the carnival. So um, uh, it's not a walk in the park, that's for certain. Roger, I'm curious to know your philosophy and take around this because just talking to Danny there, and I heard James McDonald during the week, he said that James Cummings on the in the Oaks on that good filly told him that he wanted him to go back even even from the draw, and it was very much on the trainer if he got beat. And you know, J Max, a, a form student, and well, you, you know, his his resume speaks for himself. So you'd think you know he would have an idea of how the race is going to play out with a, with a jockey like Mark Zara and a draw like four. What do you and Robert say, if anything, knowing the form the jockey's in and how much he does off the track to make sure he has all the equations covered? Are you going to give him instruction or is it just see how she jumps and work it out from there? Look, um, good point. Um, I think what you do is give them options. Um, uh, They have um, their form people doing all the form for them, so they know that the... um, uh, the form of every horse in the race and their pattern of racing and uh, you know the winning of, of races at top level when you've got um, horses of, of um, similar ability and and uh, a, a host of jockeys of similar ability you don't want to take their individualism away from them you want that to be the 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 thing that they can um, pull the rabbit out of the hat when it's needed and and um, make the winning move and we saw him do we've seen him do it all carnival um uh, especially in the melbourne cup you know it was a, one of those rides that you'd bottle um and uh, you know i can just tell him about the mare but he knows her anyway and uh, you know basically leave it to him roger i know mark's not going to stuff it up when you look at prowess this morning are you taking the horse to the races you want to take to the races, or is there anything in there you go, gee, I would like a little bit more of this or a little bit less of this? No, not at all. I think she's improved all week. And uh, I said to my owner last night, who was at the stables, uh, that I didn't think uh, we could possibly have her any better. And I said to my um, foreman this morning, who looks after her, I said, I think she looks better than she did last night. Um, she, um, You can read her pretty well, and um, you know we've, we've watched every step she's made for the last week. And um, uh, when I got over last Friday, she had, um, you know, a little bit, she was a little bit gutty, and um, she's a big feeder. And um, even after um, Tuesday's work, I thought, you know, she was... Um, she was well covered. Um, she's a fit mare now, and um, you know she's in a great headspace. Um, she had a shampoo this morning. We put it back in a box, and she um, reared and played. And um, you know she's she's right on her A game, I believe. 
Well, Roger, if she is a Group 1 champions, you know, stakes sort of quality mare, the owner's probably a Group 1 champion stakes sort of celebrator, from what I understand and have witnessed. Um, what sort of grade would you be in? How, how far do you set, set off Dean in the celebrations if things go well? Are you just kind of a couple lengths behind him where you're trying to hang in there and fight out the finish at 6am? Uh, look, he's um, he's got a, well, I've got a few years on him, so uh, I just have to be a little bit careful when I've got a horse to get up to next morning. But hey, if we've got reason to celebrate, I won't be dodging it. You can put, put oh, that's the attitude, that. Roger. God, <laughs> that warms the cockles of my heart hearing you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking Roger. Your tequila days might be behind you, but you might be a red wine type of a man. Would that be your your, your potential go to tonight? Um, I sampled the um, in form or in fashion um, coffee liqueur that um, escapes my name. Espresso um, martini. You had a go at that, did you? Espresso martini. Oh. Um, uh, you know, at my last. Probably big celebration, and um, <laughs> at one stage of the night, I was heard to say, um, "I'd never tasted one of these until five ago." Um, and uh, it's fair to say, I didn't get a lot of sleep that night. No, that tends to be how it happens. Hey, good luck, Roger. I hope you managed it. Maybe not five. Let's let's, sit, let's cap it at two, mate. But enjoy, and hopefully, you get an espresso martini. Roger James, of course, with Robert Wellwood, uh, Mark Zara doing the riding of that wonderful mare prowess. Another wonderful mare, and another Group One celebrator is Imperatrice and her trainer, Mark Walker. Morning, Mark. What's the most uh, um, espresso martinis you've had in a sitting? I've never actually tasted one. I hate coffee. <laughs> there you oh. go. <laughs> Slap. Uh, actually, well, in that case, Mark, we'll, we'll let you away with that. Um, on to more important things than your <laughs> your hatred of coffee. How good's Imperatrice to today? Is she, is she absolutely bang on ready? Because Roger James reckons he's got prowess bang on ready. What about the super mare? Is she where she needs to be for the straight six today? Yeah, well, our whole program was geared around the Manicato and the Champion Sprint, and uh, we we don't think she's improved since the Manicato, but she's maintained that form. So uh, whether that's good enough, we'll find out today. How does that work when you target two races? Do you have to? Do you have a ninety-seven percent screwed down for the Manicato, and and then you know maybe just you, you, you're teetering that she's just ready to come to the end of it, or do you have her a hundred percent ready for the Manicato? How does that work when you circle two races rather than one? Uh, normally you get two peak runs out of a campaign like this is still only a fourth run in so uh, that that was the way we planned it and it, so far it's worked out very very well Mark what about the straight six is it a case of that's not really much to do with you just put OP on and that's his responsibility because I presume a horse that can run fast around corners can run fast in a straight line yeah, well, that's interesting. So the way we planned it, it was a month between the Moya to the Manicato. So she actually went and had a gallop down the Flemington Strait on the outside of the course proper. So she's had that bit of experience. Of course, you don't know until they go under it with race day pressure, but my gut feeling is she'll be fine. All right. What about in secret? Because... 
you guys are the big dogs of New Zealand racing and you're big dogging in Australia now. Savoir Fear got a race for you at Pakenham last night. But Godolphin are big worldwide dogs and they've got even more money than you guys have to spend. What do you make of In Secret today and is this a step up for Imperatrice? Oh, well, she won the Coolmore in the new market. She's very good down the straight and she's got that experience advantage but um, we can only go out there and do our best. We've been well prepared. We've had no nothing go wrong all preparation. So if we're good enough, we're good enough. If we get beat, we get beat. We will find out. And um, like I think I'm pretty comfortable with saying that I'd be happy to take the two dollars around her, Mick. I don't know about you. We can talk about that a little bit later. We'll just cover your horses because it's a dual group one day, as you know, Mark. <laughs> you got horses in a two thousand guineas, and uh, not without a chance. Like Crochetti's pretty special, but if you were identifying the chink in his armour and making the case for a Trawbriand or a Taliska, what would it be? Well, I think both of our horses are going to love the the sixteen hundred of Rickerton, and it's a tough sixteen hundred. Uh, but it's certainly the favourite's the short price for a reason, isn't he? He's a very talented horse. All right, Mark. Yep. Um, let, let's stick to Rickerton. You've got, I think, two or three, or maybe I think it's three in the Pegasus. You've got um, horses like Insatiable throughout the day. What's your best? chance for you and Sam, of course. Sam will be at Rickerton. What's your best chance today at Rickerton, firstly, please, mate? Yeah, it's, it's one of those days that on paper there's three or four chances in most races, but uh, I think they're tough competitive fields today. Uh, mm. Yeah, you couldn't label one at Reckon and you're hopeful, but you couldn't label one. Could, could I just inquire then, because we, we're running a punters club and we're pretty keen on nest eggs set up in the, the Metrop. Um, Mahisa been she won 65 last start, so she's on 53 as well. Um, so you'd suggest that, you know, she's she's in there with a the lightweight, <laughs> but it's not like she's gotten very well compared to some of those other ones that are also on 53. Uh, you've also got the Mighty Spar on the same weight. What would you say about their setups today, Mark? Is it a watch, or are you got quite confidence? No, I think I think I'll, it was a brilliant ride of Warren Kennedy's on Mahisa Band in the sixty-five at Ashburton. It's a big jumping class today, but she did run second in the New Zealand Oaks, so she'll love the distance. But if a uh, she's not that well placed at the handicap with her rating. But obviously mm. she's a mare. The owners want to get more black type, so that's why you're there. Uh, but yeah, she's not that well placed at the at the handicap weights, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it certainly does. Yeah, Mark, yeah. jumping to Tarapa, um, you got you had four in the first two-year-old race or the two-year-old race. You've only got three in there now. Really interested because. Um, Bellatrix Star's obviously very good and very natural and seems to, to get up and go, but the stablemate, Matakato, beat it in a recent trial. How do you rate those two today on race experience, barrier draws, all the stuff that goes into the mix? What do you make of your two-year-olds at Tarapa? Yeah, well, Bellatrix Star, uh, she's got that race day experience and trials are trials, but race day speed's always a lot quicker than trial speed, so she's, you'd have to say, got more experience 
better draw. So you'd be leaning towards her, but we do have a lot of time for Maricardo, so he's not without it. But he'll need things to go right from the draw, won't he? Like, they'll need to scream along in front and give him the opportunity of finishing over the top. So it depends really on the race tempo. Mark, just last one, because I know you've got to kick on with your day and we could talk all, all morning. Do you think you might be a chance to train a, a winner for a Victorian Cross recipient and an All Blacks coach today? And have you ever done that in your career? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, he's got the 60 kilos to carry accidental tourists, uh, which is never easy, but I think he's really come on with that first up run. Sam and I have been really happy with his work, so no, he's he's definitely in the mix, that's for sure. Well, Louis, you said, well, it was, you said it was the last question. I'm not going to let it be. I've got one more. Uh, Maven Bell and Wolverine. Oh, yes. Wolverine's a horse I really like. I mean, everybody loves her. What do you make of the sprint race at Tarapa today? Because she's a really interesting horse coming back to New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. So, obviously, we've got great respect for Babylon Berlin. She... I think she ran second to Imperatrice. She's only beaten a head or a half head even uh, in the in the railway. So she's a high class mare. Uh, but our tour down on the minimums got soft draws. Uh, I think they'll run very very well. Do you like one more than the other, Mark? Well, Wolverine, Sam, and I are still getting to know her a little bit. So, uh, but Maven Bell's got the softest draw out of everyone. But I think. Wolverine, if they go hard, which I predict they will in that race, she might just be one to be finishing hard over top of them. Thought you could have got the family knowledge there from Roy. Um, but that, that'll be that'll be nice to see her back to some of her best. Mark, hey, good luck for a massive day and th- at three different tracks. It might even be more than that. I'm not sure. But um, enjoy it, eh? We'll catch up soon. I, cheers. Thanks, guys. Right, we've got to keep going, uh, Mick, because we've got Sean Ritchie waiting on the line very patiently, and Sean, I'm sure, can uh, sympathise because he knows that Tiago, they can uh, spread their horses far and wide and there's heaps of chances. But, Sean, there's just one we really want to talk to you about. Really, really, we do, and that is uh, Pearl of Alsace. How have you settled in over there, mate? And it's nice to be able to catch up with you across the ditch. It must be pretty exciting. Yeah, good morning, boys. No, it's terrific to be part of this carnival. Of course, it rolls through to Rickerton next week as well. So, uh, cup week there. So, it's a it's a good time of year to be a horse trainer. Shawnee, you've actually won a race at the carnival what three or four years ago. I, f- I forgot its name, but you you won a race at the carnival. I think in the same colours, the Pink Caro Sir Peter Vella colours. Even if you're not in the biggest race, and the Matriarch's a decent race. It's three hundred k and it's Group Two. But is is it? Is it almost like a, a totally different buzz winning a race at a Melbourne Cup carnival compared with other carnivals? I think when you've got 100,000 people around, and um, and as you quite rightly say, that filly was out of karma. She won Melbourne Cup Day, and although it wasn't the Melbourne Cup, obviously part of our job is to put the horses in the right races, and if you can pull that off and win on those days, there's something special about it uh, ahead of most other race meetings. And, you know, I was talking to a couple of the boys from the um, uh, from around the world and, and Ireland, different places yesterday, and um, they're saying this is one of the best carnivals in the world, and, and, and so it should be. It's uh, right up there, isn't it? Yeah, no, for sure it is. Um, interestingly enough, looking at the setup here in, in the market, uh, look, she's softened right up, but it's probably more to do with the fact that a lot of the, the Aussie punters or whoever don't really know much about her, they have absolutely come for deny knowledge, eights into 450. I mean, that doesn't really bother you at all, Sean. All, all you need to tell us is how is the mare, how is she settled in, and, 
is she exactly where you want her? And, and Mick asked a great question to Roger James about prowess. Is she going to the races today where you would wish she had a bit more of this or a bit less of this? Or is she in the exact condition you'd, you'd like her to be? I think she's in the exact condition I'd like her to be. She's had three runs in New Zealand. The first run over 2,000 metres at Group 1 weight for H last start was was very good. They don't win over 2,000 metres first up in any grade uh, when they're stepping up over ground. It's a whole different um, tempo of a race, as we all know. And I think this really is the right race for her. We're not trying to bite off a Group 1. We're not taking on the international Raiders because they don't bring the mares down here. So it's a really nice stepping stone into Australia for her at that Group 2 level. She's well-weighted. Uh, horse-like denial knowledge, of course, will go forward and I think the bookmaker showed a plenty of respect by opening a favourite and um, of course as you quite rightly say the local pundits are unfamiliar with her and she's only had the nine starts she's got a great win strike rate but she's still learning she's still working out what it's all about and, um, and I suppose that's a little bit of a worry but I do think that uh, we've got a spot on she tucked up like all horses did on Wednesday when she arrived in the flank there but she's each hour she's pretty much let that out and and um, she's uh, she's in fantastic order this morning. Shorty, you've got a big, uh, you and Colm have a big team at Tarapa and you've obviously got a horse in the Metrop down at Rickerton. So rather than going through them all, um, what's your best chance at Tarapa? I think from a sheer value point of view, um, I, I actually like Marajan at Rickett and I, I, you know, Nest Egg looks a, a good thing in the race if he reproduces his last run. But um, at $4.20 a place, I think that's overs. And uh, he's 21s in the New Zealand Cup. He'll peak for that. And he'll, being an English stayer, he'll run that trip right out, providing he gets a good track. So uh, that might be a little bit of value. I'm not sure he'll be 21s after this afternoon and the Cup next week. As far as Tirap is concerned, once again, from a betting perspective, value wise, I give Rocket had a, a roughies chance in the last once again a strong even field but he's drawn two uh, his first up and his second up runs there's a bit of time between them and um, and this time he's backing up a bit quicker and not stepping up over any further distance he should get a beautiful run from there and he's uh, he's run well in some pretty competitive races in the past so he's probably a good place better to wrap Okay, Sean, fantastic, mate. All the best. Go enjoy it. Uh, a good, a f- interesting rare day. We've got horses at three locations. I think there's a, a few of you in that boat today, which is just so cool for New Zealand uh, racing and New Zealand trainers. So um, you and your colleagues are doing a hell of a job, and hopefully, collectively, we can jag a couple over there. Well, there's a few Kiwis over here, so someone's going to win, and surely we'll get to celebrate with a few of mixed mates in Melbourne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stay well, well clear. Tr- tr- trust me, sure, they're not Avoid the people them. you want to be celebrating with. It's not good for professional <laughs> credibility. Uh, if Roger James <laughs> is out celebrating with my mates, I think that's going to be the end of Roger James Racing. <laughs> I tell you what I'll do, Mick. I'm going to go and get the Panadol this morning, just in case. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful work, Sean Richie. There. You, 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 you know she's going to have a big night. Actually, Louis, you must have done this. You know those nights you think to yourself, oh, "I might go out tonight, have a bit of a celebration." You know, you're having a big yeah. night when you have Red Bull and Panadol before you go out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's. Um, I think a couple of All Blacks have gotten a bit of trouble for that one. No, <laughs> that, that's Red Bull with sleeping tablets. <laughs> I don't ah, do that. Right. I'm talking yeah. Panadol to preempt. <laughs> yeah. How you're going to feel about twelve hours later? Sure. Right, 27 minutes past nine. We have are so behind our commercials. Poor Joe's melting in the kitchen there. Um, we need to go away, come back. But that was such a good addition to the fast lane. Do you know what I've just... It wasn't, it wasn't very fast. Me. It was actually quite a long lane. It was like State Highway 1. 
uh, it, it's all dawned on me. The expressway, maybe. Yeah. This is such. A, this is one of the best days in New Zealand racing I think I've ever. Well, it's, cross, it's crossover day. That's what I call it every year. We cross over between two carnivals, and they're massive yeah. carnivals, and they yeah. intersect today. At some stage today, you'll be going. Oh, that was cool. The two thousand guineas, the iconic race, and oh, okay, the matriarchs. Oh, Pierre's. Or, or ladies' <laughs> man's about to go round. So uh, it's yeah. it's one of the most amazing days of the year. In fact, it's it's the only day like this. There's no other okay. day like this. 28 minutes past nine. Here with tab.co.nz. Ted Taylor might be on the chopping block today, Joe. I'm not sure what we'll do there, but we'll be back with something after this.